coming up hagrid's magical creatures motorbike adventure is that right john that's so hard to say <laughs> and it's even hard to write <laughs> Welcome to the CWDW Near and Far podcast where we explore perspectives of the Walt Disney World Resort from 10 to 1,000 miles away. I am Mike the Far in this equation. And I'm John the Near. All right, today we are going to talk about Hagrid's. Let's just call it Hagrid's. That's so much easier. And everyone knows what we're talking about because to my knowledge, there's only one Hagrid's ride, right? So, all right. So, yeah. Go ahead. What were you going to say, John? And it is uh, considered the best. If there's only one, and there's, it's uh, most people think it's the best ride at Universal. So, yep. And I, I really think it is. I think it's really, really As good. As a matter of so. fact, I, I just did a top three post, and I, I put that ahead of Velocicoaster, and yes. there were a handful of people that said, "Oh no, Velocicoaster first. But almost everybody said, I completely agree. And not not that it's a better coaster, but a better all-around experience, you know. The Hagrid yeah. narrating it, the, the the animatronics. I mean, Velocicoaster is a great coaster, but it doesn't have a lot of these extras that Hagrid's does. And it's actually better because more people can ride it. You know? Exactly. That was the other thing I was going to say. It is way more accessible than Velocicoaster. Um, someone of my size can't ride Velocicoaster, which is okay. I'm not complaining about that. I, I mean, I'm in a situation myself. I put myself in a situation. And, you know, if it's about safety or it's about whatever it is, whatever, I'm not complaining. But Hagrid's is very accessible, like you said. Um, you know, there are more people that can ride it plus it's a family coaster right yeah, it is it's so, it's got some thrills but it does it does it's family though all right so i am really i am excited to talk about uh, hagrid's though because it is one of my favorite rides at universal if not the favorite um so let's jump into it uh let's pull the curtain back a little bit and unveil this magical experience uh the background and inspiration behind the creation of Hagrid's, the Hagrid's attraction at Islands of Adventures, Wizarding World of Harry Potter. The, the inspiration behind the creation was primarily drawn from J.K. Rowling's beloved Harry Potter book series and subsequent film adaptions. So that's something that people miss, John, is that not only did they use the film adaption, they also use the book, so they kind of jump back and forth, which is pretty cool in my mind. You don't see too many attractions that use source material in such a way. Yeah, and if anyone's wondering, for those watching, this is a walk through the Hagrid queue. Yep. Um, this walk is not possible 
Um, if you get there first thing in the morning, it will be a run as everyone's trying to get in there. <laughs> yes, it is. And any other time, it will be completely full until a long time after it closes. But this video is from June of 2020, early June. So this is when it first reopened. You can see the blue stickers on the ground and stuff. So I was lucky enough to be there. And we rode Hagrid's a lot at that time. It was a, <clears throat> a bad time for the for the world, but a good time to ride Hagrid's. So, and now you can see the queue. It was definitely a good time, I think, to be a theme park fan if you weren't completely terrified of, you know, um, catching something um because the you know of of what you're seeing right here of what the video is showing us which is an empty queue you know uh, unbelievable um because my experience was way different than that when i wrote it the first time and yeah, that was even are, you know chances yeah. are you'll be sitting and sweating through every inch of this <laughs> yes, you it's will. so busy yeah look how beautiful it is too like it when you get to this point here it looks like a real castle yeah it's great I, we're you know and we're going to talk about that queue then too because we're going to dive into that it is it is uh somewhat unexpected as far as how great that queue actually is you know um the attraction located in the hogsmeade area of the park was designed to provide visitors with an immersive experience that transports them into the magical world of Harry Potter. Some examples of how the creators were inspired by Rowling's world are as follows. The Forbidden Forest section, right? Which is what you just walked through there, John. The attraction is set within the Forbidden Forest, a mysterious and dangerous area in the wizarding world. And that comes right from the books and the movies, as we talked about earlier. Uh, Hagrid's role, uh, Rubius Hagrid, a fan favorite character known for his affinity for magical creatures, serves as the host and guide for the ride. His love for creatures and his motorbike are central to the experience, and hence the name. Uh, creature Encounters, the ride features encounters with various magical creatures from the Harry Potter world, such as Fluffy the Three-Headed Dog, the Cornish Pixies, the blasted ended scroots, the centaur, a forens. These encounters are meant to evoke the wonder and excitement of the wizarding world. And as far as the film and book inspiration as a whole, the attraction drew inspiration from both books and films. As we mentioned earlier, the creative team worked closely with Warner Brothers, the original film production crew, and J.K. Rowling to ensure authenticity and accuracy and bringing the wizarding world to life. Not her. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I didn't, there's nothing in the outline about any controversy. So we're, <laughs> uh, Hagrid's. I like, I like to Yeah. I, I mean, she is, she is, she's created this world, you know, that we love to, Visit. Although and, personally, yeah. I don't, I don't really care what rich ladies do one way or the other. I don't either, and I'm I don't care. Really I really don't care what they think or do in their personal life. I, I do enjoy the world that she's created. So, 
Um, Hagrid's employs several elements designed to transport visitors into the enchanting world of Harry Potter, um, such as uh, the thematic setting. Uh, the ride is situated in the forest, uh, as we said earlier. And this is a significant location within the Harry Potter universe. The lush, detailed environment recreates the atmosphere of the forest as described in the books and portrayed in the films. The detailed theming from the moment visitors enter the queue, they are surrounded by intricate theming that recreates the world of Harry Potter. The queue area is filled with props, artifacts, and references to the series, immersing guests in the Wizarding universe. The interactive queue itself, there are several elements in the queue that are interactive. Um, for example, while you wait, you can discover hidden details. You can try your hand at magical games and interact with various elements that tell stories and provide context to the ride's narrative. Um, I was reading up a little bit on that, John, because I didn't remember too much in the way of interactivity in the queue. But they're actually the the um the hut that has some of the plants and things like that apparently it has smells and you know a certain scent that that triggers um memories from the book and the and the movies itself you know um where you're showing what you're showing right here is i think it has something to do with like some of the magical talismans and stuff like that 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 are involved with the animals, the creatures and stuff. So there are a lot of things like these things here you can touch and you can interact with. And um, there's even a place in there, and I don't remember this, where you can touch it and it shows you um, a map of where the creatures are, right? It's not there, but there's a place where there's a map that kind of interacts and, and you can touch it, it shows the creatures and stuff on the map. I don't remember that, but... I, I was reading. I mean, I looked up a couple different sources, and there it was. So yeah, I don't remember that either. But like I said, a lot of most of my experience—not all—I've waited hours to ride this, you know, a bunch of times too. But in 2020, I made sure to get my fill. But unfortunately, the interactive parts of the queue probably weren't on because nobody was waiting anywhere. So right really wasn't a need for the interactive very true they were trying to get you in and out of everything back then so yeah even the pre-show the little the part where uh, hagrid uh, starts duplicating uh, motorbikes mm -hmm. even that it it would run but not really you just walk past it and mo most of the time it just had that dog there on the screen mm-hmm yeah, so as, as far as the pre-ride storytelling, the ride's narrative begins even before visitors board the ride vehicles. Hagrid himself, portrayed by Robbie Coltrane, uh, guides riders through the journey via recorded audio segments. This adds an authentic and personal touch to the experience. 
you have uh, magical creature encounters uh, throughout the ride. Visitors come face to face with iconic magical creatures from the series. These encounters are brought to life using animatronics, projection mapping, and other special effects, making riders feel as though they are truly in the presence of these creatures. Um, in the queue, that really begins with the creatures because there's that one scene that I really remember that um, overhead it kind of has the shadows of creatures above you kind of walking around they almost look like spider-like creatures or something like that I, I i always thought that was the coolest and and again that's just in the queue itself there it is um right there's a picture of it right oh you have film of it yeah i think i think this is the part where where he's he's duplicating the motorbikes above and there's scroots up there which is that thing that looks like a scorpion almost okay so yeah i think there's bugs and you can actually hear and see haggard like you hear the noise above of him duplicating the bike so everyone can go hmm. so the, the 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 story is very well done and again that's why i say Velocicoaster is great, but there's so much detail and things with Hagrid that. Uh, yeah, this is telling a and, much more involved story, right? And and the building that they used, that Dueling Dragons building, was an amazing building when Dueling Dragons was there. It was a huge. It felt like you're walking through an old castle. Like they did an unbelievably good job with that Dueling Dragons queue. Couldn't have any cameras on it, so I wish I had it on film, but I don't. But, uh, and, uh, you know, they changed that to a Harry Potter ride for a while too, but basically mm. the, the queue though was amazing and they did reuse as much as they could for Hagrid's. Yeah. Very cool. Um, another thing is the, uh, the, uh, another element designed to transport uh, visitors into the world were the immersive ride vehicles. These innovative motorbike and sidecar ride uh, rides allow visitors to fly on Hagrid's motorbike, simulating the sensation of being part of the action. The design of the ride vehicles enhance the feeling of immersion as riders straddle the motorbike or sit in the sidecar. So that's the other thing. It, it's not just a regular roller coaster you actually have two different uh style of seats and almost like two different vehicles in one right there uh when you get in that vehicle and it makes you feel like you're literally in a motorbike with a sidecar yeah it is pretty cool i i honestly don't mind which one i get but you know if if you've never ridden a motorcycle that is pretty cool that you're holding on and you feel like you're riding one so yeah Yep, I agree. Uh, another thing was the sensory effects. The attraction employs sensory effects like wind, scent, and sound to further enhance the realism and engagement. These effects contribute to the overall immersion by stimulating multiple senses. Uh, did you know, John, that they're piping in a scent through the forest that kind of has like a tree, like a like a piney smell that um, gives you the um, scent that you're actually in a forest in that world yeah i don't know if i ever noticed that one either so yeah I... but like i said there's there's so much to it that i guess that's the point of it that uh, you put it all together and it makes mm -hmm. for a very good 
uh, ride. Yep, I agree. Um, and one last element that I have down here are the surprises in Easter eggs. The ride is filled with Easter eggs and hidden references that only dedicated fans of the series might recognize. These small touches reward fans' knowledge and create a sense of discovery. All of these elements combine to create a multi-dimensional experience that goes beyond just a roller coaster. Visitors are not merely riding a ride. They are actively participating in the magical world of Harry Potter, interacting with its characters, creatures, and stories in a way that makes the fantasy come to life. So here are some highlights of some of the unique aspects that set the attraction apart. Of course, we already talked about the ride vehicles. The attraction features one-of-kind ride system where guests can choose to ride on a motorbike or in a sidecar. Uh, the Forbidden Forest section, this ride is set within the mysterious and iconic Forbidden Forest, allowing riders to explore a location not often depicted in theme park attractions. The ride features realistic animatronics. It has multiple launches and drops. It is narrated by Hagrid, which is played by the actor from the movie, Rob, um, the actor's name, Robbie Coltrane. And it has the interactive queue. It also has practical effects and immersive theming. So that's the thing about this. This integrates a lot of different um, effects, practical screens, um, just the entire thing, the, the scents themselves. Uh, also, the, this ride features seamless storytelling. The ride's narratives flow seamlessly from the queue to the ride itself, creating a cohesive experience from start to finish. Uh, you also get a variety of magical creatures from the movie and the books. And um, also... You just showed it too, John, on your video. The nighttime experience in this attraction is way different. Um, you know, it just gives you a different feel yeah. going through that forest. And um, that's something that I have down here as well. Uh, it, it allows visitors to enjoy the ride itself under cover of darkness, adding an extra layer of magic. And there's Fluffy, the three-headed dog. Yep. One of, one of the best animatronics, I think, out there. Um, there are detailed props and Easter eggs as well. It's filled with intricate props, references, and Easter eggs from the series, um, rewarding fans with hidden surprises. And of course, the dynamic ride elements. The coaster features dynamic ride elements such as sudden changes in speed, twists, and turns, simulating the excitement of flying on a magical motorbike. These aspects combine to create a ride experience that is not only thrilling, but also deeply immersive, transporting guests into the enchanted world of Harry Potter and allowing them to interact with its characters and creatures in a way that feels both magical and authentic. <clears throat> so let's talk real briefly about the queue, since we kind of already covered um, the queue and, and had some really awesome video um you're walking through the enchanted forest in the queue right right from the start and you're guided by hagrid himself uh you'll encounter surprises such as magical creatures in cages um 
that greenhouse is a herbology greenhouse and it's very lifelike. Um, it, it adds to the storytelling. Uh, also, the entire experience sets the stage for what you're about to uh, ride into with the ride itself. Um, the pre-ride storytelling plays a pivotal role in elevating the overall experience to new heights. It seamlessly weaves visitors into the narrative fabric of the Harry Potter universe. And it allows the creators to foster a deep sense of connection and emotional investment. Uh, the the ride itself, and this is what I love about it and what you're showing here, is that, you, you know, it's really centered around that forest, which is where the magical creatures are from. And I love all the elements that they kind of integrate into here. And what makes it even cooler is a lot of this stuff was already built in with that ride that you talked about, right? The There was the Dueling Dragons ride, right? You're muted, John. I can't hear you. Sorry, it was Dueling Dragons, and then it was uh, a Harry Potter theme from whatever that tournament was they had, where the guy from Twilight was in it. I, I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But... Yeah, but I will say um, something interesting, just a little aside. Uh, there is a Dueling Dragons house at this year's uh, Horror Nights, yeah. so that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm excited to see that. That was that was a. Uh, I liked that ride. I know a lot of people loved it. And thought it was the greatest. I thought it was so intense that it, like I would go on it and it would go, and then I I would stop and be like, my head's spinning and I don't know what just happened. But huh. you know, to me, I don't love that kind of ride. I think Velocicoaster is a is a perfect amount of trauma. And uh, Hagrid's is a great amount because you're not you're you're you could ride it again when you're done. But Dueling Dragons was like you ride it once and you're like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna go home and take a nap now. You know? so, <laughs> yeah. Good ride though, but there wasn't yeah. a big line because people, you know, like it's too. Uh, it, it 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 was just too intense. So the yeah. the amount of people that could ride it were small. Yeah, this this actually allows for a little more inclusive experience because of, you know, allowing a, a wider range of people. And that's what's I think that's what people really love about it. What's what's cool about it other than the story, you know, yeah, and everybody loves Harry Potter and everybody really, really loves Hagrid. Like, who the heck doesn't like love right. Hagrid? It's like what's not to love about that yeah. character? Yeah, the character and the actor was just everybody loved him so perfectly cast and uh, and just a just a great character. And that's what makes it even more special now too, because uh, uh, you know he uh, now that he's no longer with us, it's like this is another thing that's like it would be hard for universal to ever get rid of this. And uh, I don't see why they would. It's still after years, they can't even put express on it. It's just too popular. I know. And, right. Uh, yeah. So this is going to be a memorial for uh, Harry, yeah. the Hagrid character indefinitely. 
Unless yeah. Disney buys him out, they'll just. Chop him <laughs> I don't think that's happening. They'll say, "I heard he was mean one time to somebody." <laughs> Rip it out. It's gone. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I doubt that's happening. <laughs> All right. So, some interesting facts about the interactive elements and Easter eggs found in the queue. Uh, creature cages. As guests wind through the queue, they'll come across intricately designed cages containing magical creatures. These creatures are not just static props. They move, they make sounds, and sometimes interact with each other, creating a dynamic environment. The blasted, blast-ended scroot eggs. Boy, that's hard to say. Keep an eye out for the blast-ended scroot eggs hidden in the queue. These eggs are a nod to the magical creatures encounter in the Harry Potter series and provide a subtle yet exciting Easter egg for fans. Yeah, there is a room there that has a bunch of eggs all in the side, like along the edge. I, I'm not smart enough to pick up that that was that directly related to the ride or to the scroots that was related to the ride but mm -hmm. it yeah. makes sense though yeah also there is um a talking portrait of young newt scamander the famous magizoologist from the fantastic beast series it can be seen and heard talking to guests as they pass by this unexpected appearance ties the two series together and sparks intrigue among fans. And I do remember this part. I don't know if you do, John, but I remember walking by it and thinking, oh, wow, okay, there's the dude from the Fantastic Beast series. I don't remember seeing that. Yeah, so. I, I remember seeing it because I was kind of taken aback and surprised by it. It's just real brief. You don't see it for very long. Um gardening tools in the herbology greenhouse section of the queue visitors will find gardening tools that subtly reference various magic plants and herbs from the wizarding world it's a small detail that once again rewards fans with its attention to detail there is also the monster book of monsters an iconic and slightly mischievous element the monster book of monsters is placed on a shelf with its telltale teeth chomping away, guests can activate the book by interacting with it, prompting playful reactions. Have you seen that book? I have. Um, I don't remember exactly seeing it in Hagrid's queue, but I've seen it other places, like uh, I think in Diagon Alley, maybe? I, I know it's uh, elsewhere. It's like in a window somewhere. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I do... I, I don't remember seeing it here, but I do remember seeing it in a window. Um, also, yeah. yeah, you remember that? No, I was going to say, I need to go back and uh, just wait uh, two and a half hours and go through the game because <laughs> yeah. I think it changed a little bit, and I'm yeah. just out of practice for that wait. So. Well, after doing this research, I sort of want to go back through that Q2 the next time I'm down there just to kind of figure out where all this stuff is, you know? Um, Hagrid's workshop throughout the queue you will encounter personal touches that evoke Hagrid's presence such as his motorcycle goggles a lantern and even a cozy corner featuring his shabby armchair there is also weathered signing the queue area features signs and posters that appear weathered in age reflecting the passage of time in the history of Hagrid's magical creature adventures there are wizarding newspapers 
There are cre there's a magical creature soundscape, which we talked a little bit about earlier, but you, you hear that throughout the ride at different places, including the forest. Um, Hogwarts House Crest. The floor of the queue area is adorned with the crests of the four houses from Hogwarts. The subtle touch allows fans to proudly represent their house and adds an element of personalization. And there are also spell casting moments. At various spots, guests can engage in spell casting activities using their wands to interact with the environment, revealing hidden surprises and adding an interactive layer to the queue experience. Now, when I went through there, nobody was doing that at the time because I think people were, you know, I don't think people were aware of that going on. So I haven't seen anyone using their wands to provoke a response at all. No, I haven't seen that either, but. <clears throat> so now we're going to get down to the ride a little bit. Thrills and enchantment on the ride. Hagrid's Magical Creature Motorbike Adventure features a dynamic coaster layout that takes riders through the Forbidden Forest. The ride includes multiple launches, sudden drops, twists, and turns, all designed to evoke the excitement and unpredictability of a magical journey. Key features include encounters with iconic creatures such as Fluffy the Three-Headed Dog, navigating through dense vegetation, a section of the ride in reverse, a free-fall vertical drop, and a thrilling encounter with the blast-ended scroots. The coaster seamlessly combines these elements to create a high-energy and visually captivating experience that mirrors the adventurous spirit of Hagrid itself. Hagrid Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure seamlessly integrates practical effects, animatronics, and projections to create a multi-dimensional and immersive experience for riders. So let's talk a little bit about the practical effects. Well, the, I, I was going to say just just the fact that there are there is stuff everywhere and. You know, we just went by a, a Scroot and Hagrid himself, an entire Hagrid animatronic. Right. That's just amazing. Like, I know. Again, that that that's why it beats Velocicoaster. I just yeah, I would agree with that. And I think of the original concept of Velocicoaster was supposed to have more animatronics and yeah, and, it might have won you know. if they would have done you know dinosaur animatronics around and stuff. Right, and and maybe characters here or there or something like that, but. Um, they were, like I said, they were originally supposed to have more of that kind of thing uh, going on and very much in relation to this particular ride itself, you know, as far as these types of things. So I think you're right. It would have plus the ride. But honestly, that that attraction, it probably doesn't need it, you know. No, it doesn't. It doesn't really need it. But. Yeah. <clears throat> But um, let's talk a little bit about the practical effects. The ride employs practical effects such as fire, water, and wind effects at various points during the journey. These effects add a visceral and sensory element to the ride, enhancing the realism and excitement. For example, riders might feel a burst of heat as they pass through a fire effect or experience a, a sound from a creature or the forest itself. Uh, animatronics, lifelike animatronics of magical creatures are strategically placed along the coaster track. These animatronics move and interact with riders, uh, bringing characters like Fluffy, Cornish Pixies, and Scroots to life. 
these animatronics contribute to the storytelling and allow guests to have an up-close encounter with the creatures. Now, is the Weasley's car considered an animatronic? I would say it is. It it kind of waves it. It moves, it, it, yeah. It flashes its lights and it waves its uh, its windshield wipers at you as you go by. I think it even beeps. It's like beep, beep. Like it's right. as you go by, so... So the mo- the motorbike itself is supposed to be flying in the air, right? Not really the whole time. It's not on the ground the whole time. It's doing ground and flying in the air. So really what you're looking at in a forest is supposed to be mostly treetops, right? That you're flying past. Um, and if you know the stories themselves, that car flies, right? The, when they cast a spell for it to fly. So it makes sense, right? that it's up there in the treetops and I love it. Uh, I think it's, I would consider it an animatronic for sure. Um, here we're seeing some of the projection mapping right before the drop. And so projection mapping technology is utilized to create dynamic and visual stunning scenes. Projections are used to transform some static objects such as walls and surfaces into moving and immersive environments. I was going to say, that to me looks that looks like real that's not that doesn't even oh yeah not all of that i'm just saying some of the uh some there are there's some mapping in that scene probably down here yeah yeah there is and um so this particular this is particularly evident during encounters with creatures like the centaur which was back in there and the forens and the forbidden forest itself um, projection mapping enhances the visual storytelling and adds a fantastical element to the ride. So some, and you know, another part of this is the digital environments that the projection mapping adds. I'm not really going to count that as necessarily an effect. I, I put that in with the projection mapping because of course, projection mapping is digital, but, um, by combining these different elements, the ride achieves a level of realism and interactivity that engages riders on a multiple sensory level. Um, this is basically it, how it engages is you see these um, practical effects, animatronics and projections all working together. And I mean, it just it, it just makes you feel like you're in that world i i love it um something unique about this ride is that drop sequence john that is always something that i was really looking forward to riding when i was on it um i have a little bit extra on the drop sequence i did a little bit more research on it because i'm always kind of amazed how they do that um the drop sequence in Hagrid's is an exhilarating and unexpected moment of excitement. Riders experience a sudden freefall vertical drop, creating a heart-pounding sensation of weightlessness. This drop occurs as part of the dynamic track layout, adding an element of surprise and thrill to the experience. The drop sequence is carefully designed to capture the essence of magic of a magical creature encounter while delivering a adrenaline pumping moment for riders i couldn't really find a lot of technical information on it but i i definitely wanted to highlight it a little bit because as we're seeing right here in that cave that this is like a highlight for me because 
it, it just this was before they did that little drop on the um uh, on uh rise of resistance right they made this before rise of resistance so they were first out of the gate with something like well, that i should technically they're not first though because bush gardens williamsburg has a ride the the, the roller yes. coaster that replaced the big bad wolf is called verbolton right and before we moved to florida that we loved the big bad wolf but then we also loved Verbolton and it would go into the show building and it would do that too. It would drop. All of a sudden you would just drop down a story. And uh, so that reminded me of it a lot. When I, when I went there, I was like, yep, it's just like Verbolton. That we've done you're, you're right. I just saw a video on that ride not too long ago. So I, it, absolutely. But the way this tells a story while doing it and puts you in a cave with the effect and everything. Does that one do have a story tied up into it or like, does it do any kind of immersive effects or anything like that? Or yeah, there is a story. Um, it's kind of basic. It's just like some Ger German lady telling you don't, don't go into the forbidden forest, which is called verboten is forbidden, I guess in German. Mm. And uh, basically, you're not supposed to go in. And, you know, it's funny. The cars you ride in there also rev like Hagrid's, like the motorcycles, the revving and the like they go, they go, like it feels like it's a gas motor the way they, they simulate it. And uh, hmm. the effects are actually pretty cool. When you go into the building before the drop, there's different versions of it. It's not the same every time. And some, you know, it does weird it's real dark and weird. And sometimes you hear like things whispering and stuff and all of a sudden just whoosh it, Sometimes it's like a lightning and a flash and you just drop and it's pretty intense. But again, it's been a long time since I've been on it, but verboten is, a, it does remind me of Hagrid's, but ha ha Hagrid's has a lot more theming, you know, a lot it, it, you got to wonder if they didn't, if they weren't inspired by that. It could be the same company that made the coaster too. And they've done, they have experience with, you know, drop coasters. So it could be, this is, this is an intimate. So that's what, that's who created this one. Um, and it would make sense. I mean, intimate, I believe is a Swiss company. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't make both of them. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the theming and the Wizarding World connection. And I'm just going to briefly go over this because a lot of this stuff we we naturally have already covered. Um, but a big part of the theming with this ride is the theming authenticity itself in relation to the ride in the books. The ride's setting creatures and narrative align, align seamlessly with the Harry Potter books from J.K. Rowling and the films. They, this preserves the integrity of the Wizarding World's lore and ambiance. This is basically telling a story in-universe, and that's what's really cool about it um, as far as the authenticity. Um, character presence, you have Hagrid, the central character to the ride, and he's a central character to Harry Potter as well as a guide. So um, this direct involvement of a beloved character adds the authentic touch needed and strengthens the link to the franchise. And of course, you have the 
magical creatures. The ride showcases a variety of magical creatures from the stories that play significant roles in the Harry Potter series. And of course, once again, you have the Easter eggs and references which give fans service. You have the continuity with the Wizarding World itself. The design and theme align with the broad, broader Wizarding World franchise, creating cohesiveness that feels like a natural extension of the magical universe. You also have uh, interactive wand magic in the queue, which you have throughout the Wizarding World and the overall ambiance from the architecture and shop facades to the detailed theming in the wizarding world the entire area integrates with this attraction um, that surrounds the ride transports visitors to the enchanting world of harry potter much like the wizarding world itself as a whole in essence, Hagrid's magical creature's motorbike adventure goes beyond being a standalone attraction. It serves as a dynamic and immersive extension of the Wizarding World franchise, offering fans and visitors an opportunity to step into the universe they've come to know and love through the books and films. All right, so what's different about this with Universal, John, is, I mean, besides the, the obvious things, but as far as the creative team, we actually have names and we have people that we know have worked on this uh, attraction. And just to give some of these people credit, um, one of them is uh, is Gary Blumenstein. He was a creative director. Now, Gary Blumenstein has worked on a lot of things in theme park industry and some of the attractions and you might find this interesting because you actually love a lot of these attractions, but the, he worked on the amazing adventures of Spider-Man, a universal. He worked on the twilight zone tower of terror at Disney, California, and he was responsible for overseeing the creative elements of Hagrid's from the story and characters to the set and special effects. So he, this guy, he's got some decent rides on his resume. I hope he's working at Epic Universe right now. Let's hope so, and I bet he is. Um, Alan Gilmore was the art director. He is a British artist who worked on a number of films, including the Harry Potter films. He was responsible for designing the look and feel of the ride, from the ruins of the hut to the creatures that guests encounter. So they actually hired the art director from the film, which was really cool. Um, Stuart Craig, production designer. Craig is a British production designer who has worked on a number of films, including the Harry Potter films. He was consulted on over the design of the creatures and his input helped to ensure that the ride stayed true to the look and feel of the films. And this guy is very, we, we hear this name a lot. Jason Sorrell, creative director, Universal Creative. Sorrell is a creative director at Creative, the division of Universal Parks and Resorts. Basically, he's the um, he's in charge of their version of Imagineering. Um, he was responsible for the overall creative vision of the attraction itself, and he worked closely with Blumenstein, Gilmore, and Craig to bring the ride to life. 
also uh, John MacArthur, who is a senior engineer at Intamin. And he, this Intamin is a Swiss company. It is the company that built Hagrid's. He was responsible for the engineering design of the ride. And he worked closely with the creative team to ensure that the ride met their vision. I believe Universal works a lot with Intamin, so... And I'm not exactly sure, but I think Intamin's worked with Disney, too. So Intamin's really, he, they work a lot with themed roller coasters. I'm pretty sure they've got a lot going on for uh, Epic right now, too. They, I think they do. I think they're working. They might be working on that twin coaster, you know, that doling coaster, but I'm not sure. I think I read that that was them. Um these are just a few of the many people who worked on the creative team behind Hagrid's. It, it was a collaborative effort, and the result is the unforgettable experience that we have today. Um, all right, so the creation of Hagrid's magical creatures motorbike adventure involved... An intricate process has spanned from concept to construction. The development team worked closely with Warner Brothers and J.K. Rowling and her representatives and the original film production crew to ensure authenticity. This process began with brainstorming and the ideation to conceptualization of the ride's narrative, settings, and key elements. Through research into the books and films, they were able to select the creatures and locations for the ride. Once the concept was finalized, the designers, engineers, and artists collaborated to, you know, I'm reading through this, John, and this is like an obvious um, collaborative process that really goes into anything, whether on a construction crew or anything like that. That's basically how they build it. Mm -hmm. The big difference here is that they cons um, consulted the people from the films. And to me, that's really the, the key to this. The Imagineer, or, I'm sorry, Universal Creative uh, worked with JK herself and worked with Warner Brothers to come up with everything. And as far as the construction goes, it, it was just a normal construction uh, project. So um, throughout the process, the creative team remained dedicated to maintaining authenticity and fidelity with the Wizarding World franchise. They incorporated details that would resonate with fans. So just one last thing that I have on this whole thing, John. And that is um, something that we don't typically get a lot of, but there are some quotes from the team itself that I dug up. Um, Mark Woodbury, president of Universal Creative, said we wanted to create an experience that would take guests on an adventure into the Forbidden Forest, and Hagrid's adventure is the perfect way to do that. The ride is full of surprises, twists, and it's sure to leave guests feeling like they've just had a real-life encounter with some of Harry Potter's most iconic creatures. Jason Sorrell says, who again is the guy in charge of Universal Creative, we wanted to create a ride that would be both thrilling and immersive, and this one is the perfect combination of both. The ride is full of amazing visuals and special effects, and it really feels like flying through the forest so reading through all these quotes it's pretty obvious that this ride was based i mean they were they felt that the forest was really the critical part of it um the 
engineer at Intamin, John MacArthur, said Hagrid's is the most complex coaster we've ever built. It has seven launches, a variety of inversions, and a number of other unique features. We're confident that it will be a thrilling and unforgettable experience for guests of all ages. And I like that quote um, just because it talks about all the launches and the differences in a normal coaster ride. Um, and then one last one from Robbie Coltrane himself, the late actor who played Hagrid in the films. I'm so excited that Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure is finally open. It's an amazing ride that really captures the magic of the Forbidden Forest. I can't wait to see the look on people's faces when they experience it for the first time. And if you heard that quote in Hagrid's voice, that's okay. Even though I didn't sound like it at all. I certainly heard the quote in Hagrid's voice. John, that's all I got for Hagrid's. I guess I would say, what is your opinion on this particular attraction? Again, I think... You know, it to me is the best ride at Universal, um, the best overall ride, the best coaster at Universal. It really puts it up there for me with um, Everest at Disney as far as the kind of ride it is. I actually like this one better than Everest a little bit, um, but I haven't rode it as many times as I rode Everest. So um, I, I, I love the ride itself. Um, from the queue to the ending of the ride, I, I love it. it. It's really, they've done a great job with it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you can tell it's, uh, I mean, Everest, I just walked on it the other night, cause, and that's typical if you go later in the day. And, uh, you know, Hagrid's is still untouchable. You can't even pay to get to the front of the line for Hagrid's. So it is just the the amount of years that it's been a very difficult ride to get on just because of its popularity is uh, downright amazing. So um, I think that speaks more than anything I could say about it. That <clears throat> regardless of what I think, it is uh, people like it the most. And again, I attribute it not to being the best coaster, but a great coaster with great theming, with great story and a great queue and just put it all together and you have a perfect ride, you know? So again, the coaster enthusiast enthusiasts may not agree, but this is the top coaster at Universal based on wait times alone. Yeah, I would agree with that. And again, um, Universal isn't in the business of um, competing for the coaster kingdom. You know, that's the kind of thing that you see, you know, at a place like, um, you know, uh, what's the uh, what's the one in Ohio, you know, the. Um, places like Hershey Park and, you know, places like King's Dominion and places like, um, you know, that aren't necessarily theme parks per se. They are amusement parks. Those places are typically um, uh, uh, competing to be Coaster Kingdom. What Universal and Disney's 
task is to make a ride that everyone enjoys um, and and gets a thrill out of it at the same time. And they're theming. They're trying to use what's available to them to theme a ride. And this is a perfect synergy of that, I believe. So, well, I was going to say, I feel like they're getting into uh, a little bit of competitive coaster making though too when it comes to epic because like that that star racers one it looks like an amazing roller coaster and it does mm-hmm. have theming but it's mostly just a great co- coaster right in the middle you know but yeah yeah you're right i've seen some of the uh overhead from bio reconstruct and some of the other people so it does look uh it does look like a legit coaster, right? So it's big too. Yeah, yeah, it is. Although so, I, I don't, I don't remember seeing any loops on it though. So. I don't think so either. I think it was just you know. So they probably have something else in mind for See, it. I think that's actually smart though, because mm-hmm. again, like Hagrid, loops are awesome and they're fun and they're everything, but. If you make it super intense, but without, you know, the straight down drop or the loops to scare everybody away, your, uh, your, your, your variation of riders grows greatly and people's love yeah. for it grows greatly too. Cause again, the uh, coaster enthusiast that travels the country to get the most intense coaster e- ever is going to say, Oh, it was lame, mm-hmm. but the masses of fans are going to say we loved it. We can't wait to do it again. So that's that's who, hopefully, that's who Universal is trying to impress. Yeah, they're not trying to impress the Cedar Point people. You know, that's yeah. uh, if you go to Cedar Point and you love Cedar Point, th- this isn't necessarily the coaster for you unless you also love the theming. So, you know, it's not going to knock your socks off or anything. It's not a giga coaster. So, uh, but you know, yeah, I mean, I think they do a great job. So, uh, and the Imagineers do too with their coasters. I honestly, the last, um, few coasters that Imagineering did, I think are legit and, um, are, are really good. I really enjoy them. So, but universal with this one, they, they went a step above in my opinion. So. All right, John, uh, that should do it for Hagrid's. Anything else you want to talk about? No, I think I'm good. I was going to uh, complain, but <laughs> I complained enough to you earlier. Yeah, you, you were going to bring up a social media thing. which Maybe I'll bring it up on Wednesday's show. All right, we will have something to look forward to there. I, I could definitely talk with you along that because I have not not i i have a micro level of that issue that you're having so all right so uh john where can they find you online you can find me at c.wdw on instagram facebook tiktok youtube and c.uo on instagram and facebook all right, and you can find me at the Giant Rat T H E Giant Rat on all the socials. And that should do it for this one. We will see you on the next one. <laughs>